0: This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 AM and streaming live on KWWJ.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM and streaming live on KYOKRadio.org. KCOH 1230 AM, The Source. On Sand Geek Radio 95.1 FM, 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832 25708075 and follow me on social media. See you then. All right, Houston. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of a tip from Gilbert Talk Inspiration and Prayer. I'm here with another episode, and we thank you for that uh studio audience, and I will tell you that last night there was a Grammy uh support not support uh, what was the right word? Doggone it. Where's my the source when I need it? Uh, a Grammy tribute to the Beach Boys. So if you didn't see it, you need to see it. And later we'll play this song, God Only Knows, because it happens to be Paul McCartney's favorite song. Who would have thought that Paul McCartney's favorite song is a Beach Boys song? It is a beautiful song, and we'll play it its entirety at the end. And, of course, everyone now knows by now that it is true if you read it or saw it, that I am now a candidate for mayor. We're not gonna talk about that, I know. Can you believe that, Houston? Uh, We're not gonna talk about that today, but my goodness, people are dropping in and people are dropping out, oh my gosh. Uh, So stay tuned. But I have a guest here today from the great South Texas College of Law, Houston. And what's interesting is I know so many people who graduated from that law school. So we have Mr. Michael Berry, who is the president and dean. You're both. I am, yes, sir. Is,
1: is that normal to be president and dean? It is only when you are at an independent law school, one that is not associated with a larger university. So I am president of the business, oh, I see. as well as dean of the law school itself. I see, well, welcome to our show. Thank you. And you know, um,
0: I really mean it when I say this. South Texas uh, has probably, I mean, if you look at the titans of the law firms in town, they all went to South Texas. Very true. I mean, it, it's, it's true. It is. And, and I don't recall, um, is it Dean Treese? Was it? Gerald Treese, yes, okay. sir. Okay. And, you know, he, he like, mentored everybody. Uh, what a great guy he is.
1: Yeah, he was indeed a very, very yeah. stalwart of the community. and People like, love him. They, loved him. They did. And, like, so many of our faculty, they cared about our students individually. And that's what allowed our students to be prepared for the practice of law and why they're so successful when they graduate.
0: Well, you know, uh, on a personal note, my brother went there, and my sister went there, and my uh, brother-in-law went there.
1: Well, if you want to go, we can figure <laughs> out a way to
0: make it happen. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd get in. Uh, you know, I-, I wanted to be a lawyer, but I don't like to read or write, and so I figured out that's not good for me.
1: That would be an impediment, Yeah, that I would believe. be that would
0: be a real problem. No, the amazing thing about South Texas, first of all, it's an urban school. It's right in the middle of downtown. In fact, it's like a stone's throw from here, our broadcast booth. It's just, I don't know, two blocks or so. And it really is a pillar in the community. I really mean that. And one of the great things I always think about is the incredible moot court teams that you have. Yes. It just seems like y'all win like all the time. Uh, Why
1: is that? Or what is that? It's a combination of a couple of things. One is our students work harder. Our students come to school prepared to put in the work, and when you put in the work, good things happen. The second thing is we really do focus on each individual. We don't try to cookie cut people. We focus on individual strengths of of each of our students, and how do we make them better? How do we make sure that they are prepared? And then we have a great leadership and have for now 40 years great individuals who work with them and including our graduates they that's come a, that's back so great coach. well you know the, but the
0: moot court is for someone who doesn't know and i kind of don't know but i kind of know moot court is sort of like a, a i don't want to say debate competition but it's like a it's like a practice court is that is. right okay is.
1: so uh, law schools are competitive yeah. and individuals in law school but we don't have sports yeah so our sport is to have competitions where you pretend that you are either in a trial court or in an appellate court giving an argument.
0: And so, but you're going against what traditionally people think of the greatest law schools in the country. Absolutely. And you're whipping them.
1: We do. Uh, whether, I guess. You we don't know. have to say that word, I'll say. It. You're whipping them. Thank you, we'll take that. Uh, we are, you know, if you want Is to.
0: Is whoop a word, uh, studio audience? Is whoop a word? I don't know. I, I, but either way, you're beating them. You're beating them. I guess whoop means you're beating them good we, or bad.
1: We do. And uh, you know, this is something that we're very proud of. If you want to put it in football terms, we are Georgia. Yeah. We are the team that people across the country... Are a little bit nervous if they have to face yeah. in a around.
0: Yeah, uh, they, they have to. you're, you're like um, Kansas City right now. Yes, nobody wants to play. Can- nobody wants to play Alabama either. You know, it's just you just know they're going to be an excellent program.
1: And you know that there's that tradition of hard work and of effort and of diligence and of capability that is going to come through year after year.
0: Well, I want to talk about the 100th anniversary, but yes, before we do that, tell us about you. So you've been here how long? How long have you been in your position?
1: Uh, just under four years. I arrived in Houston right before COVID. So I-
0: we're, Oh boy. Well, welcome to Houston. Thank you. Uh, so let me ask you this. Where were you Where are you from and what's your background?
1: Uh, Dad was military, grew up a little bit of everywhere. Virginia, Louisiana, Missouri, Maine, wherever he happened to be stationed. Went to college at the University of Virginia Law School at Yale, and I have lived since then in Arizona, Virginia, and San Antonio before moving here.
2: Well,
0: what's your favorite place besides Houston? All of them. All really? Of them.
1: Because if you go into every city with the sense of appreciation and gratitude, You can find the good things in every city. We have been welcomed in Houston. People have been so friendly. It's been a very great place for us to be.
0: That's such a um, spiritual type feeling. To, to hear you say that yes if you find the good in everything oh no I, I will never be able to repeat it but the bottom line is there is good in everything and in everybody in every place you just got to have your eyes open and
1: you'll find it well uh, you know uh, I was trained my theology degree came from the Jesuits and the Jesuit view of the world is finding God in all things so if you can look for that good when you can appreciate it then you can appreciate you can be thankful for it and move from there
0: you sound like a spiritual person Very much. Amen. So when you went to theology school, um, for someone who doesn't know any better, you don't have to go to theology school if you want to be in the, I don't want to say, I don't know the right word, to to practice and be a person of the cloth. You can just go to learn theology. Is that what you did, or did you think about uh, becoming a person of the cloth?
1: Well, in our faith. That's a nice
0: way of saying, I don't know the faith. So I don't know if it's a
1: priest, pastor. Uh, in our faith, uh, priests are not married. So that was not an option. Uh, I, yeah. My wife had something to say about that. But it was mainly because I wanted to have a greater knowledge and a greater understanding of the faith that I believed.
0: That's incredible. And so to get a, well, it was a master's.
1: Masters in theology.
0: Is that like a one-year program, a two-year program?
1: It was a three-year
0: program. Three-year program. Holy cow! That is pretty amazing. You have a lot of degrees.
1: I like to collect them. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there you, I mean, that's way when I see your name, there's like all these letters. Uh, but you know, that's no listen. That's phenomenal. Let's go back to the law school. 100 years.
1: 100 years. Can you believe it's 100 years? It's actually, it is hard to believe, and it is actually a great sense of responsibility. If you think about it back in 18, or sorry, 1923, when the school was founded, they had no idea the creation that they were putting on. Was
0: it in this? How long has it been in this building downtown?
1: Since the 1970s. We were started in the YMCA. So uh, if I can cast you back to 1923. Houston was only about 100,000 people at the time, so a pretty small city but growing, and there was no law school here of any repute. So the leaders of Houston said, if we're going to be a successful city, we need good legal representation. So they created a school with the partnership of the YMCA, and people who worked during the day were able to go to law school Night.
0: What a what a, I mean, what foresight by these people. It was. I wish I had such like foresight to say, you know what, we just need to do this and it'll be around a hundred years and bear fruit with all the legal titans, you know, coming through.
1: And that's the responsibility that those of us in the leadership roles of the school now recognize just like they built something that was lasting a hundred years, we need to build the next. Hundred years of the school to ensure that it continues to be an institution and a stalwart in the city for the next century.
0: Hold that thought because I want to get your view, I'm writing a note down, I want to come back to this, of what what will the school look like in a hundred years? Let's talk about that in a minute. Not yes, yet, because what I what I thought was very interesting as I looked up some information about the school. And again, I know the school because I, my bro, my brother did it at night, okay. so it took him five years, I think it was, because he could only go at night. He worked in the daytime. Okay, I believe it was five years, um, and then my uh, my sister was there full time and her husband. Yeah, so that was just a normal cycle three years um but I was really surprised to see back in 1923 if you go back in time and to think the first class had
1: 23 people about 30 people 30
0: people that uh there were five women was there five
1: women there were five women in that first can you believe that when
0: women couldn't even I could I don't even think when was uh the women's uh, the suffrage um 1919 was it 19 okay so they just had the right to vote Correct, uh,
1: but still, that's amazing. In fact, we discovered recently, and I'm still—I want to make sure this is actually true—that in 1923, the attorney general apparently made some proclamation that it was okay for women to wear trousers. Wow! So, uh, yes, if you think there were not many positions for women in the law, right? But 15% of the class was women who were trying to better themselves.
0: That's incredible. And w- when you look back at that first class. Is there somewhere in the grounds a picture of that first class or anything? is it really we
1: do we have and uh, also think that in 1923 another thing that was happening in Houston is the second National Bank became the first building in Houston to get air conditioning and that picture we have of all of these people in a classroom at night, all are in full suits. Wow. So, I'm imagining there was a lot of sweat going on, and it wasn't just because they were nervous about being called on in class. Yeah.
0: Wow. What great history. So when did we move into this new building here?
1: Uh, we moved, You said the 70s? The 70s and the 80s is when the, uh, some of the most recent, and then the library was built in 2000. So we've been expanding the footprint of the school uh, down on 1303 San Jacinto for the last 40 years. So how many students are in a class? Um, not,
0: not like a classroom class. I mean, like a graduating so class. So the
1: entire school is about 950, and, and we have about 270, 260 in every graduating per class.
0: Per co- graduating class. Yep. How does that rank? Like, how big is, say, Yale? You went to Yale, I know. How big is Yale? Yale That's just telling me who's on the call.
1: Yep. Yale is smaller. They've got about 170, 180, 200 in the class. We have about 300 in the class. And, like,
0: what is, what's big? Like, what does UT have or Harvard have?
1: Oh, some of the big programs uh, in DC, for instance, have five six seven hundred students
0: because i think you want something small right i mean to really give these young people the attention um, that they need to be nurtured to become these great leaders
1: there's a tension because you want to have a big enough school that provides all of the resources and all of the capabilities but small enough that you still are able to have that personal care. Interesting. So uh, we think we're right at that sweet spot where we have enough students to be able to provide so many student activities, so many programs, but also our faculty are there to support and we work with our students individually. And
0: the students, are they, like my brother was older. He had worked. Yes. And then he wanted to go at night, so he was working still. Are most of the kids, like? not kids, most of these law students, are they like that? Are they a little older? For lost school or no?
1: Well, uh, both of the uh, most of them are younger than we, so kids may sound appropriate. Uh, but th- we have. Well, a g- well I'm young. <laughs> I don't know about
0: you. I'm young, Houston. <laughs> you know I'm young. Uh, but uh, I hear you though. Uh,
1: we have a s- portion of our students come straight f- through from college, and then okay. we have a portion of our students who are in their late twenties, early thirties, forties, fifties, who are coming back either be second career or they've always wanted to do law school and now
0: it's time. Wonderful. And does the school care one way or the other or you just let them in? In other words, the the admissions process is the admissions process regardless of what you're doing.
1: The admissions process is the admissions process. And there are certain capabilities and strengths that an individual has to show because we want them to be successful in law school. But we are happy to have students straight out of college and we are happy to have those who have experience. The people who come back to us with more experience in the world add value because they have real life circumstances to that share they can share in the class
0: yeah in the classroom
1: so when you're talking about a contract or a mortgage and people who have signed mortgages are in the room that helps with the conversation rather than having everybody coming straight
0: Very in. good. We have a caller already. So hang on to that. We have a caller already. Is there a Miss Connie on the phone?
3: Yes, hi Gilbert. How are you? I hope you had a great Easter.
0: Well, I did. You have me, Gilbert Garcia, of a tip from Gilbert Talk, inspiration, and prayer, with Mr. Michael Berry, president and dean of South Texas College of Law, Houston.
3: Oh, great! Yes, I have. Um, I have a question for Mr. Berry. Um, I just want to know, um, just because you know we're such a diverse city, um, is your um, law program diverse as well? And what what is it that you do that levels the playing field for everybody to be, you know? accepted and included and you know because some I know some diverse students you know they come up with a advantage in terms of schooling and so like how is your acceptance process Thank you. for the program. Very
0: well, why don't we start with this, if you don't mind, Ms. Connie, is uh, mm-hmm. what are, what is the demographic breakdown of the students?
1: So one half yes. of our students come from diverse backgrounds. One half? One half. That's so got
0: to be much higher than others, it right? It is That sounds
1: high. It is high. And one of the reasons is we are in the most diverse city in the country. Amen. And we are a school that largely supports this area. So we have made the commitment that we will be the most intentionally and successfully diverse law school in the country because that's the community we serve, that's the mission that we have. Diversity is actually one of the four pillars of our mission. And we have also, Connie, uh, over the last couple of years, truly put an emphasis on ensuring not only do we have diverse students in our community, but that we're preparing them for success and then connecting them into the legal profession. Very fortunately, one of our alumni is a gentleman named Benny Agosto. And Mr. Oh,
0: I, I sat with him at a—where <laughs> at um, was I? That children's charity, I sat with Benny.
1: I, I didn't at... know him well, but I know him. oh, so, uh, What a great guy he is. He is a wonderful man, and he— uh, was, He's an alum? He is an alum. He's been wildly successful. He's been very successful and very generous to the school. So oh, he oh, allowed us to create the Benny Agosto Jr.— Diversity Center, which now has uh, two individuals staffing it, and we are able to create programming for the community as well as ensure that our students have the support they need. One of the things you were alluding to, Connie, is many students who come to law school from diverse backgrounds may be first generation mm-hmm. law school students. So they don't mm-hmm. have representatives in their family, m- role models. They may not know the various things that you need to do in law school to be successful. So mm-hmm. we try to create that network for them through boot camps before they arrive, through support while they are in law school, and then connecting them into the community so that they can be successful afterwards as well. It is, as I said, one of the pillars of our mission. We are a mission-driven school and is crucially important to not only the success of the law school, but of the city of Houston.
0: How great. Benny Augusto, I'm just giving you a shout out for all your great uh, philanthropy and way to go to set that up because it can do so much great work. Uh, so Connie, what do you think? Are you ready to apply? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go take if that I, hill.
3: Yes, I, that is just great to hear. I'm so happy to hear that because we do need um, representation that looks like ourselves, you know? So I am so happy to hear that. Thank you so much.
1: Indeed. It's actually, if if I can, it's important for two reasons. One is in the classroom itself, it's important to have diverse backgrounds because then there are different people asking different questions and coming with different experiences that ensure that we have a rich discussion and learning in the classroom. But it's also important when they get out into the real world as well because many of the issues that we face in our society – come from the fact that there is not representation in certain circumstances right now in the country only five percent of attorneys are African-american and the whole uh, and whole America the whole United States that's five, terrible five percent are Hispanic that is so terrible it is if you think about it about if you would assume that it should be somewhere in the 15 16 18 percent it's at five mm-hmm. Asians are at two where their population in the country is six right so there's Uh, right now an underrepresentation and that has implications for how the system works
0: well one thing too uh connie anything else are we going to sign you off
3: i'll sign off thank you so much thank you for
0: calling (laughs) be well Um, one of the things though is it must be also a factor is uh, it's expensive yes all uh, secondary education is expensive, really. Even even state schools are expensive. I mean, just education is expensive. Uh, what percent of the students are on financial aid, would you say? Uh, about
1: 70%. 70%? 70% receive some degree of financial aid. That's like everybody. It is a significant portion. And uh, we are— That's we, great. Touche. We focus on ensuring that we are as ex- affordable as possible. There are 110, call it— law schools across the country that are private law schools and the cost to attend South Texas is probably in the bottom 12. No kidding. We really try to make sure that we are affordable For folks. But it is still a significant investment, and we recognize that uh, it's important to what we do to make sure that we're trying to make it as affordable as possible. In fact, anybody who would like to help sponsor scholarships, I would not be an appropriate dean if I didn't say we will be happy to take your money to support scholarships.
0: Well, let's talk about that. So where does, let's say someone's listening and they say, golly, I want to get involved, I want to help. Is there a website? Is there a phone number? Or what do they do if they say, you know what, I want to give something to South Texas?
1: So stcl.edu is the website, and that is southtexascollegeoflaw.edu, S-T-C-L, or send an email to me at president at S-T-C-L-U, sorry, stcl.edu and I will connect you to the right people.
0: Amen. So let's go back to that. So how are y'all able to have so many 70%? Do you have an endowment for it or or how is it, you know, that sounds like a
1: lot. A lot of that comes from loans and assistance that the federal government provides, Mm -hmm. as well as some scholarships that we are able to provide. We do have an endowment, but it is one that I would like to grow because if we are to truly meet the need of access to justice, we need to be able to offer more scholarships.
0: Are you having a, I don't know the right word, an endowment campaign or something right now with the 100th anniversary? Uh, in
1: fact, we are doing a give day on Thursday. So this Thursday? This Thursday is our 100th anniversary, and there is a give day that we are doing, and we're trying to raise $100,000 on our 100th anniversary.
0: Did you hear that, Houston? $100,000. Oh, wait, now we have it on the website. So let me let me read that. Let's see. South Texas College of Law, Houston. years of excellence, 100 years, honoring the past, celebrating the present, building the future. I love that. So let's pretend I'm looking at this. Uh, how do I hit? How do I get money there? Where do I click?
1: Oh goodness, I'm going to have to find it. Does uh, it, do
0: somebody has it, apply? No, Financial no, Aid. No, Request
1: Info. No, Centennial. No. Um, let's do this. We'll get the information for you right now, and I'll make sure it's up there. Yeah, you know what? Because very
0: I, If we can get it in time, I might just make a contribution right now. I will take. That. So let's do that. Um, so in a minute, we'll figure that out, uh, producers. I think that's great. Um, so we need to raise one hundred thousand dollars on by Thursday or on Thursday uh, and and you can click anywhere you can do it we're gonna get this click and we're gonna click it together Houston we're gonna figure it out um going back for a second wait do we have another caller I think we have another caller oh there's an Ernie Ernie is there an Ernie on the line
3: yes good morning Gilbert and Dean Michael Berry good so morning. happy to hear you
0: well how are you there Miss Ernie
3: I'm doing great, and I think this is a great show because I have two of my son's dear friends there at your law school, Cameron Allo and Michael. Oh, they're just so happy to be there, and Michael Strikman was looking forward to going there for years. He, well, hold he on. came over from UT.
0: Hold on one second. Stay there because we had a question that popped up on the screen. Where, where did that go? Can you go back on the screen? Any grants for available for Latino students from Lily Marine?
1: Uh, we do have some scholarships that are available, yes.
0: So, Lily Marine, the answer is yes. Go back there, Ernie. Let's go back to Ernie. So, that's great. You
1: have two uh, students. I love it.
3: And and also, my cousin is a graduate, so I think I'm going to send him your link because he's doing very successful in his law firm. Uh, his name is Daniel Castaneda. And I, well, every time I hear about your school, I'm always so proud because he worked hard to to be there. And uh, I always tell people the success that Houston is having by having such a, a prestigious law school that is so diverse. So I appreciate well, you thank being you. here today. Tell
1: him I'll take I'll be ten there percent.
0: On <laughs> <laughs> the dean will take ten percent uh, for life, of course. That's every year. No, I really mean it. He'll take. I mean, listen, we're, we're here. We'll take anything because this is for a good cause, Ernie. Uh, I really you. mean oh, it. Oh, I'm definitely going to
3: tell
1: him. Well, thank you, and to, uh, make sure that they know as well. Thursday, uh, we are celebrating the centennial at 9 a.m. at our facility at 1303, and we would love to have you and them join us.
0: Oh, so you're going to have something oh, I'm at the school? definitely coming. Yes. Okay, well, Ernie, let's hear this. So what's at the school? So at 9 a.m.?
1: So 9 a.m. on Thursday, we're going to celebrate the actual 100th anniversary of the school. So we will have everybody from Chief Justice Nathan Hecht of the Texas Supreme Court. Is he a graduate? He is not, but he's coming down to celebrate the school. How wonderful. Mayor Sylvester Turner is going to be there. Wow. uh, we will have the representative, uh, Sheila Jackson Lee, will be there. Uh, Wonderful. we we'll videos from our senators all celebrating. And then I will be doing a presentation of the history and future of the school, uh, multimedia presentation talking about everything we've accomplished and all that's in front of us.
0: Are there pictures about, like, what it was like 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 25 years ago? There it,
1: are. Yes. Boy, there. what a treasure. I hope you put that on the website it after. Is. Uh, it's already on. It is. It's at stcl.edu/slash centennial. Can
0: you can you hit that up? It's Stc. I can't even say that. Stcll/slash. Stcl. Edu slash centennial. And then come back to see if we can hit that link. So Ernie, did you hear that? It's going to be Thursday at 9 a.m. I guess in the uh, Joe Green Auditorium. In the Joe Green Auditorium.
3: I'm looking forward to it. I plan to be there. And I'm so uh, proud of all the work that you're doing. And thank I'm proud so that Gilbert is communicating it.
0: Thank you, I'm thank proud you to be there. Thank you, Ernie, thank Have you for calling day. in. Ernie calls in now and then. She's always got great things to say and add. Yes, great. all the time, all the time. So let's see, see if there's something about pictures in there. Uh, I can't quite see pictures, but we'll figure it out. It is Houston's oldest law school, digital collections maybe. Go to see that click which it says digital collections. No, see, digital up at the top. Okay. Oh, sorry. She knows. See, why am I telling her anything when she knows everything? The staff is here, and they're saying no, Gilbert. No, 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 no. Here you go. Oh, wow. I don't know all this stuff, but it just looks so rich with all kinds of stuff. Yearbooks. Oh my God. You got? They got yearbooks, Houston. They got yearbooks all the way back to 1923.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, so we have a, a wonderful historian, Heather Kushnerick, who has been collecting things forever, and then Pamela Gibbs-Smith has been doing great work with us as well to help pull all this stuff together for the Centennial. So it's wow. a great team of people who've done awesome work.
0: Wow, and when did, so let's go back for a second. The um, YMCA, isn't that kind of strange to start a school with the YMCA, or is that how not it was? then,
1: so uh, in the 1910s and 20s, The YMCA created professional schools in things like accountancy in law so that – All over the country? All over the country. So people who were working could get the degree at night. And there are still a number of schools, law schools across the country, who hail back to the YMCA. Wow.
0: Now, the YMCA is not engaged now with the school. We
1: separated in the 1960s.
0: Okay. And they probably felt like – like you feel when your child grows up and they go on their own. You thought, you know, there we launched you and now you're on your own.
1: It is very much like a parent saying, yeah, saying uh, we have done everything that we should do for you. And yep. now go and do as you And can.
0: now now uh, go forth. just uh, Go west, young man, young lady. Go west. How wonderful. Well, did you ever think when you were, you know, young Michael Berry. So take us back to young Michael Berry. Uh, when you were young, did you ever think, you know what, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to be dean of a law school someday.
1: Uh, My career path has been a lot about saying yes when God has opened up doors. Interesting. I went out to Phoenix, Arizona, expecting I was going to be in a law firm for the rest of my life. Six months after I joined the law firm, the law firm had a financial dispute among the partners and split up. So all of a sudden, I did not have a job. Wow. So my life plan was now okay. Um, Interrupted. What is plan B? And I ended up taking the various different positions. I continued in private practice for a while, then went in-house at a company called Capital One that led me to a job at USAA in San Antonio. And then that led to the position at St. Mary's. How incredible. So
0: let me ask you this. Um, How did you make the transition from the business world, because you were obviously a, a, were you an attorney at these companies?
1: I was an attorney at USAA, and then I went to the business side for a couple of years. Okay, so you were a business person with
0: a law degree, and uh, but when did you go into academia then?
1: That was in two, 2015. I, That's not that long ago. It wasn't. I left USAA, and with the understanding that I wanted to do something that was giving back to the community. And education is the key that opens up doors. It changes the cycle of poverty. It makes... Opportunity available to individuals, Amen. so I wanted to be part of education.
0: Hold that thought. Don't leave me, Michelle. Is there a Michelle on the line?
4: There is a Michelle on the line, and I just wanted to let you know about the Gift Day link.
0: Oh, tell us, Michelle.
4: It is stcl.edu. Okay, hold on, hold, hold on.
0: Okay, do we have it there? Uh, is that it right there? It, it, did I, is that the website there, uh, guys? It's okay.
4: Sccl.edu/giveday.
0: Okay, so very simple. Okay, so I think I see it. Make a donation. Give this day. You can
4: do it that way, but if you go straight to stcl.edu slash give day, it'll take you to the special challenge that we have for the centennial.
0: Oh, where's the special challenge? Did y'all, did y'all follow that, guys? How do we get to the special challenge? We're going to go there real quick. Don't leave me, Michelle. You know what? My sister's Alrighty. name. Is, my sister's name, is Michelle. And her favorite song was, even though she was young, was that Michelle. The Beatles. My, oh, bell. my bell. Right, you know that song? <laughs> and then it goes into French. Do. Da. And nobody knows what he I says love there, right? It. Yeah. So exactly. let's figure let's figure this out. I want to do it right now. So do you do you know there um is this the special I'll one? I'll tell
4: you the address again okay. stcl.edu. Okay, dot E D U. Okay, hold on, and hold
0: then on. a forward stcl. slash
4: G I V E B A Y give day.
0: All right. And I see make a donation this give day. Gift information or personal information.
4: Yeah, it should bring up a beautiful graphic that shows give day.
0: Hmm. Well, and then so. You know lot- what?
4: If you go to that page you're on, it will be lovely. And we would, that will take you to um, our advancement program and you'll be able to give to it. That will work just great.
0: Okay, stay with me. Uh, we are now. Well, at the end of the day, let's fill that out. I'm gonna make a. My firm is gonna make a $500 contribution right now to get this thing started. Thank you so much. Yeah, just just out of a desire to do the right thing, as they say. Remember that uh, that movie, Do the Right Thing, with Spike Spike Lee goes goes. Remember, always do the right thing. He goes, That's it. That's it. I got it. I'm gone. Here we go, um, Mr. Producer. I'm gonna toss this to you. You ready? It didn't go all the way. So this is from Garcia Hamilton and Associates. And, you know, none of us went to law school, but, you know. It's doing right by
1: our community. It is.
0: That is the key. Thank you. So you guys
1: figure that out, will you? I'll give you a quick story on that very movie. Oh, please do. When I was at UVA, I was the projectionist for our on-campus movie theater. And we had a uh, a film festival. And one of the guests was Spike Lee. No. So he was going to talk about Do the Right Thing. And they needed a place to stash him while the movie was playing. So they put him up in the projection booth with me. So yeah. I hung out. And you had to with, hang out with Spike Lee? Watching him watch his movie.
0: Wow. So. How hilarious. Yes. That, that had to be a wonderful thing.
1: It, for my, uh, what is it? I was about 20 years old at the time. That was a pretty good experience.
0: Wow. Well, I'll tell you one then. Um, so recently my wife and I went to New York because we're involved with the play New York, New York. Yes. Uh, that's a new play yes. w- with... Um, candor and um and um and uh, of course lin-manuel miranda yes and so it was preview night and for whatever reason because we're one of the co-producers my yes. wife and i we got better seats than lin-manuel and we're friendly with him and so um the whole time when after each song my wife would turn stare and look at lin-manuel and try to get his his reaction to the song and this and that and uh and the grand opening is uh, at the end of the month so we're going to the grand opening the you know, whatever it's called, grand opening, yes, yes. opening night, opening night. Or like the producers opening mm-hmm. night. Remember right. that song? Oh yes. Um, and, uh, anyway, so it was kind of cool. So I know exactly the feeling,
1: how wonderful. So Michelle, if you, want, if you want to ask him to come down to an event I, at the I, school, I, we could do that for you diversity.
0: You know, he came to my house and I, we had a fundraiser thing. He came to my house and, and he's just the nicest guy. Great, great guy. Um, so, Michelle, I don't know if you're on anymore, but we got it. So, thank you. And by the way, you can call in to learn more about the school and what's going on at 832 570 8075. I just kicked it off with 500 bucks. So, let's get there. The goal is 100,000, and we got to do it by Thursday, you guys. So we cannot miss it. Why? Because every community needs solid education institutions. And that means everything from undergrad to grad and all disciplines. And that, of course, includes law. Why law? Because, number one, that is the the very foundation to have a successful business community. Because you need lawyers to do transactions. You need lawyers to be in the courts to administer justice. You just need lawyers because they're all around uh, good folks, Because they get an overall background on everything.
1: And after we take this call from Jason, let's talk about some of the service that the school does in our community that Uh, helps people in need as well. How
0: great is that? We haven't even – I'm going to make a note to my – okay. So we have two things. The next 100 years, and I'm just going to say service in the community. I want to make sure I don't forget that. Uh, Who do we have? I know we have another caller there. Is there a Jason on the line?
2: Yes, how are you doing today, Gilbert and Mr. Barry?
0: Jason, I'm doing well. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. I'm here having a great time with my new good friend, uh, Dr. Michael Berry. Mr. Michael, is it a doctor? It is not a doctor. Not a doctor. Mr. Michael Berry. Um, but, you know, people like me just call everyone, hey, doctor, doctor. Um, but, uh,
2: Jason, what do you got for us? Yes, you know, I've been listening to you guys talking. one of the things that kind of concerned me listening was, the statistics regarding um, you know minorities and that are lawyers nationwide, and the five percent of African Americans, five percent of Latino, and two percent of Asian Americans, just seems so ridiculously low compared to the population size of each of those communities. And when you think about it, you know, lawyers not only do they just help normal people, but they also are the ones that are writing into these different laws, and they're also the ones that are going to be becoming judges and basically presiding over all the different rules and regulations. And if we don't have any sort of representation, how are we able to get them to represent us when drafting these laws and drafting all this legislation? So my question, I guess, to you, um, Mr. Berry, is South Texas College of Law has done so well in enhancing the minority communities and bringing them into law practices. But what else do we think we can be done, um, especially at the larger schools, like the University of Texas, and those law schools where they're pumping out about 800 you know, lawyers per year, um, that's quite a bit compared to um, South Texas and even how uh, you mentioned Yale only had maybe one hundred fifty hundred and seventy per year. So I guess what else can be done to get some of these kids from high school to college into the law school um, and try to break through some of those barriers, um, especially on the um, with the, the how much it costs to become a lawyer?
0: Jason, you are you are a learned man. You know right. wonderful, wonderful thoughts and reflection. What do you say there? That's a great question, Yeah, what do you say there?
1: And I think part of the issue that we have to address is we have to start earlier in the process. Mm. Uh, There are many studies that indicate that a good number of people from minority communities never identify themselves with the possibility of being in law. They don't even see it as a potential. So we need. what we're trying to do is actually bring it back through, not even into college, but even into high school and before, to make sure that people recognize that this is an opportunity for you. But to do that, then there's some things that you need to do. You need to actually go to college. You yep. need to get some yep. good grades while you're in college. You need to be part of activities, and there needs to be mentorship. So making sure that there are these pipeline programs with institutions so that more and more people are available to come to law school. And I think one of the things that we are seeing is in this society now, more and more people are recognizing that the world will change when there is more representation. So I think social media and other influences Mm -hmm. are going to make this more likely individuals will come
0: well i think uh, in my view it also um you know young people need to realize ah look at that i just got to thank you i've got to thank you from the south texas fund there we go well you know what south texas you're welcome thank you you're welcome um you know i think one of the things is you know the young people need to recognize how important it is to be prepared. So they don't wake up one day and it's senior year and they're applying and they don't have the scores or they don't have the, you know, that they got to think about this sort of early, as you said, and really, you know, get good grades. It's competitive to get into law school, any law school, really. It is. uh, Especially South
1: Texas. It's competitive. It is. And there needs, uh, this is where the community plays a role. This is where churches play a role. This Mm -hmm. is where community organizations, so that students who are coming up through high school, going into college know that they have a support network that there are people who care about them and who are pulling for them and are encouraging them to do well so they are in a better position to be able to apply
0: because the reality is it's not a houston problem it's a national problem these these statistics that jason just reminded us of it really is a national problem and so um it, it means almost jason in my view Everyone needs to get together on this sort of thing.
1: And if you think about the work that Stephen Kleinberg has done with Mm -hmm. the Kinder Institute, uh, Houston is ahead of the rest of the country when it comes to a diverse population. So if Houston can get it right, that can be a model for what the rest of the country will face over the next 30 years.
0: I I had uh, Dr. Kleinberg like, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. Um, The guy's just a, a treasure. Uh, but you know, so are you, and so is South Texas. So uh, we're in, you're in good company, or he's in good company with you. I'm glad to be mentioned in the same sentence with him. Well,
2: you, well amen, uh, Jason. What else you got for us? No, nope, that's about it. Um, you know, I think he hit the, um, the nail on the head talking about people don't identify because the lawyers that I know, their father or mothers were either lawyers or. Um, someone else in their family so I think it's also being you know one thing is to be seen within the committee that this is something that you can actually attain later in life but again it has to start with school because being a lawyer is is hard it takes a lot of education a lot of patience and a lot of drive so um, we've got to get those things first before we can move forward. <laughs>
0: Amen to that. Jason, thank you for joining us on the show, and I hope you call in again another time someday. Thank you. You know, a law degree is a great foundation for really just about anything. It is. You know, I mean, just anything. It teaches you somehow how to think, how to process information, how to express yourself. Of course, it teaches you the law, which is helpful in just about everything and anything. So I think it's wonderful. Let's go back to something. So I want to know more about, so we talked about the Titans and all those things. We talked about there's all the students there. What are some of the things the students are doing to help in the community? Um, I don't know whether it's legal aid or what, you know, but, but what are they doing?
1: So we have a program at South Texas, uh, a clinical program, the Randy O. Sorrell's clinic Program, which has about 20 different clinics. A clinic is where a student working under the supervision of a licensed attorney represents real people with real legal problems. Come on, how wonderful. So that they get practical experience, but it also allows us to serve those people who cannot re- achieve, uh, get service. Uh, there is a study that came out recently that indicated that some 90-plus percent of people who needed help on civil legal matters could not get assistance because they couldn't afford it or they didn't know an attorney. Wow! And that is particularly predominant in downtown Houston. So each year we provide some $3.5 million worth of of legal assistance to those who otherwise would not be represented. No kidding. And during the pandemic one example of that is working with Constable Precinct 1 and some other organizations we were able to help some 5,000 people stay in their homes during the pandemic when by helping them with the moratorium from the CDC or getting wow. rental assistance. So
0: just for them to get what was their right as a citizen, but they have no way to know how to do it. They don't
1: know how to fill out the paperwork. Yeah, they don't know what is their processes they needed to do to get to the paperwork to the landlord the right way. What a great
0: feeling for those young kids to, to just come away thinking, I just saved somebody their home.
1: And particularly you know, during think the about pandemic that. when the alternative was going to live with somebody else which had risks or right. living on the street.
0: Wow. What a great thing. I want to – I'm not done with that topic if you don't mind. Please. Because I think that's a great, great topic. We have Alejandro on the line. Alejandro. Hello, hello. Yes, sir. What do you got for us, Mr. Alejandro? Yeah, me, Gilbert Garcia. A tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer.
5: Good morning, Gilbert. Good morning, Mister Barry. I uh, was just listening to, yourself, to your show and um, got to thinking of a somewhat of a philosophical, philosophical question, Mister uh, Barry. How do you, as a man of faith, uh, handle the, the the cognitive dissonance, or teach your students to deal with the cognitive dissonance you might experience when defending someone you might disagree with morally on on, on a, a certain case? Just something that I kind of uh, have been wondering about.
1: That's a great question and a very philosophical one, Alejandro, I love it. The identity, creating a professional identity as an attorney is crucially important, knowing the values that you have and the integrity Mm -hmm. that you must maintain. We also recognize that when you become an attorney, you take an oath, and you take an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States, as well as of Texas, and to uphold the rule of law. In our system of justice, That means that we need to make sure that there is an adversarial system and that individuals have zealous representation. So that, for instance, if you are representing somebody who is accused of a crime, it may not be that you agree with the individual. You certainly don't want to agree with the actions that they may have done. But our system of justice requires that we force the prosecutors to actually present a case beyond a reasonable doubt, to ensure that the individual has done the crime before we take away life or liberty from them. So it is recognizing that we are part of a larger system and that if we abandon that system, then we abandon what has made this country great for 250 years.
0: And remember, Alejandro, everyone deserves uh, representation. Everyone. No matter what they did... Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Everyone deserves representation. And even within the realm, it seems to me of, I don't know the right word, but if you're guilty in the sentencing, you know, it's always if you have a good lawyer that somehow you can get a lesser sentence. I mean, I don't know those things. But when you look at the math, those that don't have good representation are the ones that somehow um, suffer the consequence. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. everyone deserves good representation, period. Period. Um, that's just me as a citizen. Uh, um, so and if you
1: go ahead and I'll go to say one thing more about that is, but again, in the criminal justice system, one of the things that we want to make sure is that those who are enforcing the laws, the police officers are investigating the cases, et cetera, they're doing it the right way. That's right. And by providing that defense, you ensure that there is a system to ensure that make sure that they are doing it correctly. And that protects all mm-hmm. of us. So, gotcha.
5: what do you think, Alejandro? No, it sounds to me like the, uh, like the overall greater good is ensuring a fair judicial system or, or, or due diligence. And that seems to be what kind of drives, especially someone who's dedicating their, their, their life to uh, the judicial system. Uh, that's what drives them to just do the overall right thing, if, if I'm understanding you, correctly. And
1: there are times where individuals will say that in a civil matter, for instance, they do not want to represent somebody. Uh, because of a moral issue. And th- in a civil matter, that is something that they have the right to do. Did you see the movie
0: Alejandro, Twelve Angry Men? Of course, there's two versions, the modern version and the original one with uh, Henry Fonda. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, actually, but it, I'm writing it down. You need to see the original, original. one with, with Henry Fonda, and I forgot all that. They're all famous actors. You just don't recall them right now. And, and mm-hmm. it's about... Um, some sort, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know for sure. Uh, young boy or young man did some sort of crime, and, and so they get the angry men, and they're the jury. And they're not angry, but they're the jury. And it's interesting how everyone has their own sort of desires. And somebody wanted to go to a baseball game, so he wanted to hurry up and get out. Somebody else had something with his own son, and he was mad at the son, and so he just automatically assumed the guy's guilty. And then Henry Fonda. And when they were doing the vote, after 10 se- I don't remember, two minutes of deliberation, everyone just said, guilty, guilty, guilty. And Henry Fonda said, not guilty. And they're like, what? How come he's not guilty? He said, I just think a man's life deserves more than five minutes. And then, so then they started going on and on and on and on. And then they go, I want another vote. So then they had another vote. And then all of a sudden, the vote is 10 to 2. And the guy goes, who else voted no? And there's this little bitty guy who goes, well, I voted no. Why did you vote no? Well, because if he's so uh, willing to vote no, I feel he needs some support. And all of a sudden, Alejandro, they go through it all. And as they go through the different potential evidence and, and everyone starts you know, going into their own lives and their biases come out, at the end of the day, after hours of deliberating, they find him not guilty. One of the most incredible movies. Yeah. Is it like that? I mean, I've never been on a jury. Now, I've been jury duty, and they say, okay, thank you for coming. But I've never
1: been on a jury. Uh, nor have I. Oh, you although, haven't either? Uh, they typically strike the attorneys because they're worried about what uh, they'll do. But I have worked, when I worked for the uh, judge, I would worked with the jurors. Okay. Never was in the deliberations. But the jury system is an amazing way of bringing citizens in and allowing those biases that she just identified to come out and to be addressed and to reach a result that is more often than not a fair system.
0: I think people really take it, um, I don't know, this sounds cliche, take that position, being a jury, seriously. I, I, I think people really, for whatever may be going on in their life and whatever they may have been brought up, but when they're in there I think they really take it seriously and i think a lot of them can i don't know if the right word sympathize or empathize with what's happening to that person and you know yes. it may not be perfect but it's the best we got on earth
1: well uh, right i mean it's really it's kind of like what was said about uh, democracy by churchill that it's the worst system of uh ruling a country except for all the others that have been tried
0: yeah there, there you go it, it really <laughs> is alejandro the, the the best there is and yes it can be messy, and yes, it can be th- just like democracy can be excruciatingly pain and, painful and messy, but it is the best system. Alejandro, what else do you got, my friend?
5: That's about it. Thank you so much for taking my call, and and uh, I look forward to our next episode.
0: Be well. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go back. So imagine these young people, and they're just students, and then they're working with these People that are about to lose their homes and these things, and they fill out the paperwork, and then they're told they just got them rent for a year. I mean, what a
1: great feeling. It is a great. uh, I mean, what a great feeling. uh, We have services that help individuals in domestic violence situations, immigration. Uh, Military. And one example of that recently is there was a gentleman that we represented over a number of years who was dishonorably discharged and accused of leaving his post. Well, it turned out there were mental health issues involved. After a long, long series of arguments, we were able to assist him in being reclassified, getting benefits for him. But also as part of that, because he was dishonorably discharged, he lost medals. So when he was then now reclassified, he received his medals back. And for those who have served in the military, that's an important thing. And our students and our faculty and staff were able to participate and help this individual with this situation. And as the Dean and President,
0: do you Keep a finger on the pulse of these things because what a great feeling for you. I do. To know these are your, I mean, I know you don't say your kids, but they're your kids.
1: This is our, well, it's the work that we do. And service is another one of those hallmarks of our mission. And being part of this community is vital to us. So this allows us to represent those of us who are lesser in need, who have greater needs but have lesser means, yep. and it's important for us to be able to do this. Uh, the Texas Access to Justice Foundation gives an award for service to law schools every year. They've given it out for 11 years. We have won it four times. Come on! Uh, there are 10 law schools in the state, and we've won it four times because we are so committed to trying Golly. to make the world. Y- a bit you better.
0: know what? This is this is going to sound. I don't know the right way, but either way, I can't help it. We need to get that story out more. That's people why I'm need here. To, people need to know, because I don't think people know, that South Texas, first of all, is right here. You know, it's like, I could almost, like, uh, th- throw a baseball at it from my office here. It's right here in downtown, and it's been around 100 years, and it had already been diverse with women from day one, um, and they allow people that want to have a second career and all want to change their life, You know, they're welcome. And you do all these things that get these incredible moot court awards against some of the best law schools in the world. And then you're doing this, I don't know if it's the right word, but philanthropic work. um, And you're getting those awards against some of the bigger schools. That story needs to be told. We agree. Houston Chronicle. We need to write about this.
1: I hope they write about the hundredth anniversary. We are trying the uh, anything you can do to help. We want to make sure that people know that this is in our community, and we are here for Houston, and we're using this centennial celebration and these opportunities to help make sure that more people do know about the school and the work we do because we are not for profit. Yeah, we're, you know this is not a for profit school. We are a not for profit. We stand alone. So we don't have a football team or a basketball team to help market us. It truly is the work that we do with our attorneys.
0: And because pr- you're private, let's make this distinction, and I'm asking, this is not yes. telling. Um, you don't get any government uh, statewide funds?
1: We do, we're not part of the, uh, the system the that gets the state-wide? system. No. So wow. we don't have the oil revenue, for instance, that UT has. Wow. That you would think if anybody that, wants to give me an, uh, an oil yeah, well, yeah. I'll take. You that would too. think
0: normally that would put you at such a disadvantage, but here you are, whether it's a disadvantage or not, you know, whooping them and all these incredible things. Is whooping a word over there, producer? You know, sh- you're shaking. Yes, no, uh, s- we'll but give you know, a whoop.
1: you're doing great. But I think the reason that it is that we're able to do this is because we have a faculty and a staff that is committed to our students. They're committed to the mission, they're committed to making sure that we are providing our students with the best education. So one of the other hallmarks we have is excellence. And we wanna make sure that our students are prepared for the real world. It's not just theoretical knowledge. It is, this is what you do. Because when our students graduate, they need to be ready day one.
0: So now here's
1: the hard question.
0: Yes. You're going to look, and Alejandro, if you signed off, thank you for those wonderful calls. You are now looking forward. We're we're now looking at the future. A hundred years from now, because I'm sure in 1923 when they started with the YMCA and we saw those wonderful, glorious yearbooks, they never dreamed that their students would be helping citizens like this they, they never dreamed that y'all would be preparing for these trials I mean they never dreamed any of that how could they so what are we missing not what are we missing what do you think 100 years now from now what will the school be doing will it be bigger will it be smaller will it be j- just in general what are your thoughts
1: Think about what has changed in the last hundred years, Gilbert. I mean, you can't Everything even predict. From yeah. TV to space travel. We to went from horses
0: thumbs. to or, trolley cars to now car to driverless cars. You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. that's right. Who knows?
1: So I think the thing that we will definitely have to anticipate is technology is going to change so much of what we do, and technology then also creates concerns about privacy and data and all of that. What we need to ensure that our graduates are able to do in this new, more technological world, is solve problems and assist people. Do you think the school will be, will be bigger, smaller? I, I mean, is there any plan, desire, or we, you're, you at think at this point g- uh, we we think we're about that sweet spot. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we are doing, though, we this year will uh, have our first class of individuals who be will be attending school online. So we Very have, interesting. So if you look across Texas, if you happen to live in Houston, where we're fortunate to have three law schools, or San Antonio that has one, or DFW right. that has a couple, great. But if you live in Brownsville or El Paso or in right. Midland or any of these other places, there is no law school. So if you want to maintain your family, maintain your job, stay in your church community, you can't go to law school. So we have created a program that was approved by the American Bar Association that allows us to offer an online degree for those individuals so they can they'll come to school once a year for a week and then the rest of their work will be done virtually.
0: Wow. And so when you say we have 250 students, none of those are the online? It's not counting those. So the online is, is that totally – Wow. And we're
1: not, we don't want that to be a huge program. That's right, right. we want to make sure that there is an access to justice gap in our state. Right. And this will help alleviate some of the dearth of attorneys that exist in some parts of that the is,
0: state. That is amazing. Well, let me ask you this. Is there somebody who gets in a room every year and says – What's new right now? And therefore, let's change the curriculum a little bit. I mean, like, for, I'm just making this up because of my business. Like, cryptocurrency is now, like, a new thing. If somebody's saying, God, cryptocurrency is becoming a big thing. We should um, start a, you know, a, a whole class on it so people can be prepared because it's probably going to be a new thing. Is there someone that's looking at the curriculum?
1: We do. We have a committee of faculty members who are constantly looking and identifying how do we make sure that our students are better prepared. So they add new classes on a regular basis to ensure that we're ahead of the game.
0: Very, very good. Well, you know, it's one of those things where—did you ever see the Carol Burnett show? Of course. Okay, Carol Burnett. I would pull my ear if I could. There it you go. There a... you go. And or, or do the, uh, the the Tarzan yell she would do. Uh, 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 I, I can't do it, but she could do it great. What I was going say, to say—that's exactly right. Um, but there was the a song at the end when it's like. I'm so glad we had this time, time together, together uh, just to have a laugh and sing. And just before you know it, when we just got started, comes a time we have to say, so it's been an hour.
1: It has. I've been Can truly you appreciated. It it. Can you, it just like flew. This is a great conversation.
0: Oh, well, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to hear God only knows. And in a moment, I'm going to give you the last word, whatever that is. And then when we turn off on the radio, we're going to be on social media for about another two minutes, and you're going to look right in that camera, that one, and you're going to just tell Houston anything else you want to tell, or just repeat again. Very good. It's been a joy to have you. I appreciate it. You've been uh, you've been wonderful. I think you're a treasure for the for the university. I really mean it, and you Thank can you. just feel it in you. And I bet you the students enjoy you too. I just have that feeling, and the faculty, and we certainly need south texas yes we do and so um, i'm so glad you're doing this thing on thursday i'm going to check my calendar to see if i can make it Uh, and please come again let us know how it's doing so you've got the last few minutes here Uh, what do you want to say to houston about the whole centennial about your love for it and where we're going
1: two things number one is please come to on Thursday, go to stcl.edu slash centennial. And the second is please learn more about the school and be a part of us. We want to be part of this community. This has been an institution for 100 years. And we're here for the next hundred as well as part of this city of Houston. Thank you for the opportunity to spend time with you today.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful. All right, Houston, we're going to play the song to the end. I think we got one more minute. I see the finger up. That's what they tell me when I'm at one minute. Houston, you got me. Gilbert Garcia, tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. I want to thank again, KWWJ, keep walking with Jesus, KYOK, the legendary KYOK, KCOH, the source. Aliento Radio and Sangeet Radio you know we're here every Monday 11 to 12 and you can call in 832-570-8075 we just enjoyed our president and dean Michael Berry of South Texas College of Law Houston where they're doing a lot of great things support them you know what that's what we need in this community we gotta keep supporting those institutions that make our city and community better you heard it here first And we'll see you next time. All right, we're now off in social media. I know you're still on. We're just going to give another minute or two here for Mr. Barry. So first of all, it's Thursday, 9 a.m. It's going to be a big shindig. You got uh, the Supreme Court coming down. You got the mayor. You got everybody coming down. You got the congresswoman. Um, Mr. Barry's going to talk about the the whole school. He's going to have a great slideshow showing some of the history of the school. The school is award-winning both for its social services as well as for its trial prep programs. It's really incredible. 250, 260 kids, right size. Not What was it? Porridge. Not too hot, not too cold. Well, not too big, not too small. It's perfect. And again, they're starting something pretty cool, which is online. So that's something I know they're very proud of. And so please give. It's on Thursday. We got a challenge. I set the tone, just gave 500 bucks. We're trying to raise 100,000 for Thursday. It's called Giving Thursday. Give Thursday. Give Thursday. And there you see it right now uh, on my uh, website there on my show. You can see it right now. It's the 100 challenge. So, Mr. Barry, I'm just going to let you have the last word. You're going to talk to the camera. Let Houston know, number one, I'm so glad you're in Houston, and we hope you're here a long time. Number two, thank you for the great work that you do to shape the minds of these young professionals as they go out on this journey of getting their law degree and what that might mean for um, their lives, the betterment of their lives, and the betterment of society. So
1: anything you want to say? Thank you, Houston, for being a part of the South Texas community for the last 100 years. We are so proud of the work that we do, and we look forward to having you come down and see us. Join us this Thursday for this celebration, and please keep us in your prayers.
0: Have a great day. All right, Houston, this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Now signing off on all our social media outlets. You know where you are. Thank you again. Call in all the time, and we'll see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 AM and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH 1230 AM The Source on San Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 AM and Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 8320. Two five seven zero eight zero seven five and follow me on social media. See you then.